Book Four, Chapters Sixteen to Nineteen of Commentaries on the Gallic War. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Phil Chenevere. Commentaries on the Gallic War by Julius Caesar. Translated by Thomas Rice Holmes. Book Four, Chapter Sixteen. The campaign against the Germans being concluded, Caesar thought it advisable for many reasons to cross the Rhine. The most cogent reason was this. Observing that the Germans were so ready to invade Gaul, he desired to make them feel alarm on their own account, and realize that the army of the Roman people could and would cross the Rhine. There was another consideration. That division of the cavalry of the Eusepites and Tenchteri, which, as I have already related, had crossed the Meuse to plunder and forage, and had taken no part in the action, had recrossed the Rhine after the rout of their countrymen, taken refuge in the territory of the Sugambri, and joined forces with them. When Caesar sent envoys to the Sugambri, calling upon them to deliver up the fugitives, on the ground that they had made war upon him and upon Gaul, they replied that the Rhine was the limit of Roman dominion. If Caesar thought that the Germans had no right to cross over into Gaul without his permission, how could he claim any authority or power beyond the Rhine? The Ubii, on the other hand, who alone among the Transrene peoples, had sent envoys to Caesar, entered into friendly relations with him, and, given hostages, earnestly entreated him to help them, as they were hard-pressed by the Subii, or if he were prevented from doing so by reasons of state, merely to throw his army across the Rhine, which would be sufficient to support them and assure their prospects for the future. The name and fame which his army had gained, even with the most distant German peoples, by defeating Ariovistus, and by this recent victory, were so great that they could safely rely on the prestige and friendship of the Roman people. At the same time, they promised to provide a large flotilla of boats for the passage of the army. Caesar was determined to cross the Rhine for the reasons which I have mentioned, but he thought it hardly safe to cross in boats, and considered that to do so would not be consistent with his own dignity or that of the Roman people. Therefore, although the construction of a bridge presented great difficulties on account of the breadth, swiftness, and depth of the stream, he nevertheless thought it best to make the attempt, or else not to cross at all. The principle upon which he designed the bridge was as follows. He took a couple of piles a foot and a half thick, had them sharpened to a point from a little above the lower end, and adapted in length to the varying depth of the river, and fastened them together at an interval of two feet. These piles he caused to be lowered into the river by means of floats, fixed and driven home with pile-drivers, not vertically like ordinary piles, but leaning forward in the same plane, so that they followed the direction of the current. Then he had another couple of piles, similarly joined together, planted opposite them on the lower side at a distance of forty feet, against the force and rush of the current beams two feet wide fitting into the interval between the piles of each couple were laid across and the two couples were kept apart by a pair of braces on either side of the extremity the couples being thus kept apart and on the other hand held firmly in place the strength of the structure was so great and its principle so ordered that the greater the force of the current 
the more closely were the piles locked together. The series of piles and transverse beams was connected by timbers laid in the direction of the bridge, which were floored with poles and fascines. Finally, notwithstanding the existing strength of the structure, piles were also driven in diagonally on the downstream side, which were connected with the entire structure and planted below like a buttress so as to break the force of the stream. Other piles were likewise planted a little above the bridge, so that in case the natives floated down trunks of trees or barges to demolish the structure, their force might be weakened by these bulwarks, and they might not injure the bridge. Within ten days after the collection of the timber began, the whole work was finished, and the army crossed over. Caesar left a strong force at both ends of the bridge, and marched rapidly for the country of the Sugambri. Meanwhile, envoys came in from several tribes, and Caesar replied graciously to their prayer for peace and friendship, and directed them to bring him hostages. The Sugambri, on the contrary, from the moment when the construction of the bridge began, acting on the advice from the Tenchteri and Eusipides, whom they were entertaining, had prepared for flight, left their country with all their belongings, and hidden themselves in the recesses of the forest. Caesar remained a few days in their country, burned all their villages and homesteads, cut down their corn, and returned to the territory of the Ubii. Promising to help them in case they were molested by the Subii, he ascertained from them that the latter, on learning from their scouts that the bridge was being made, had called a council, according to their custom, and sent messengers in all directions bidding the people to abandon the strongholds, convey their wives and children and all their belongings into the forest, and assemble, all of them who could bear arms, at a fixed place nearly in the center of the region occupied by the Subii. Here they were awaiting the arrival of the Romans, and here they had determined to fight a decisive battle. Caesar had achieved every object for which he had determined to lead his army across, overawed the Germans, punished the Sugambri, and relieved the Ubii from hostile pressure. He felt that honor was satisfied, and that he had served every useful purpose. When, therefore, he heard the news about the Subii, he returned to Gaul, having spent just eighteen days on the further side of the Rhine, and destroyed the bridge. End of chapter 19